Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. When was the last time you listened to a full record from beginning to end? Instead of jumping around in the algorithmic jumble of modern music delivery, just gave yourself over to the careful work of a single artist. Now that's what we're all about here on Record Time. We've put together a 10-album listening experience each season, crossing eras and genres, all for the love of the album. In this, our second season, we're focusing exclusively on live albums, so follow us down to late 90s New York City for Portishead and their lush, intricate album, Roseland NYC Live. It's a cozy, cozy night, Peter. Coats on. Rainy, probably mid-50s. Little drizzly New England evening. We're on the back porch. It's October. It's Halloween season. No place I would rather be. Yeah. No thing I would rather be doing. This is fantastic. And we have a perfect album for this kind of mood. And for those of you who enjoy a liquid accompaniment to your active listening, we are enjoying a rich, lush, layered red wine, which sort of feels how this music sounds. Yes. Right? Level of sophistication, a level of just like kind of sip it, let it slowly kind of warm your insides. Yeah, and I'm tempted to mention exactly what we're drinking, but I think one of the most apt um, analogies between our drink tonight and the album is that this album is a bit untethered in my mind. Oh. It, it just kind of... Um, feels like a very other place. Yes. And I'm I'm very tuned into it when I'm listening to it, but I'm also able to journey to different places, different thoughts, come and go. I tune into the lyrics, I leave the lyrics alone. I don't really So I think it's appropriate that y'all don't know <laughs> quite exactly what we're drinking. Red wine will Red suffice. Fill in the gaps yourselves right. with your own imagination. Exactly. Get your own nose in a nice round glass and take a <laughs> sniff because that's what this album is. It's like the ultimate headphone record. Mm. This is a you stick your your head in the pensive. You it's you're in a bubble. Yes, and that this is one of my all time favorite live albums, and partially for that reason. We've talked about categories of live albums yeah. before, and this is one where I really feel like the ambience of liveness yeah. improves the music or amplifies it or or gives it its full potential. Yep. It's yep. a very deft live album. I wouldn't personally... Uh, so my, my relationship with Portishead is not deep. Um, I, I know Dummy. I know the hits. I know uh, and respect their music very much, but I don't go to it a lot. Right. Um, because it is um, this sort of lively relaxation music. It's in a weird space. Like, I tend to be looking for something to kind of bring me down to toward bedtime or something like that, or to kind of get me going and morning commute or whatever, something like that. And this kind of splits the difference in a really beautiful way, but it just doesn't end up being something that I carry. And I wouldn't expect music like this to be tremendously great live, but 
I would be wrong because they, it is absolutely astonishingly good yeah. live. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised at how sharp uh, it was because typically music like this um, in a live setting uh, gets a little frayed, uh, in my experience anyway. It can. Yeah. It can it because can. It, it's, uh, it's slower and more contemplative in some yes. ways. I mean, I, I I feel like I dealt with this in working up the arrangement for our cover. Yeah. Uh, where it's like a slow tempo, and slow tempos are really hard to maintain with any sort of focus. Right. And I love this kind of music. To me, we'll have to get into sometime. You you mentioned it sounds to me that maybe we'll just get into it now. Sure. Do you feel like your emotions uh, steer your music selection? Are you like, uh, or do you feel most like, of the time, like an yes. emotion you want to hit, and you pick something that's going to give you that, or you're in a mood and you pick a thing? I, I tend, I think, to uh, be in a mood that speaks to a kind of music for me, and I think, well, I would like to uh, soundtrack this uh, the piece of my life right now with some music, and it should be appropriate to what I'm feeling. Okay, I think. Gotcha. Might be the best way to put it. That's fair. Yeah, I feel like these guys fit into, you mentioned music to bring you up or music to bring you down. I feel like this is the third category, which is like, give me an experience. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I feel like cinematic is a very cliched word to use for Portishead. However, it's also true that they were heavily influenced by movie soundtracks, and it's a clear thing that they go to in their music oh. and to a wonderful wonderful extent yeah i mean all the stuff they do with the james bond stuff yeah uh, they have my eternal admiration <laughs> i know all the john barry music yeah it's so great um yeah I, I i absolutely love it and they i there's so many reasons i love this album so i i have to tell this story because it is perfectly of a time um excellent i had heard Portishead when they were around because they would like there would just be songs that were on in parties or in the bar or sure. whatever and you just got used to them sort of floating around and they're but distinctive I, distinctive especially their big hits yeah yeah right they have great lyrical or musical hooks and they're very captivating and they yes. they, they really draw you in you, mm -hmm. you get in that bubble mm -hmm. but uh I hadn't really had my own experience with them except one time in like 2001 I was visiting a friend in Portsmouth New Hampshire uh -huh. and she was going to I'd stayed overnight and again, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, a perfect town for a mood like this, you know, sort of very Halloween. It was it was it was misty weather like this and cold. Perfect. And I had to take the bus back. Yeah. And again, this is only would happen at this very specific narrow window of time. Mm. Uh, my friend Kiarna, who I was visiting, her boyfriend, Chris, said, hey, do you have your iPod? Mm. Let me put some music on it. Oh, wow. Is all your stuff backed up? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Here. And that would. Like that was the mixtape of the time. Of course, it yes. was a, it was a ten gig mixtape, <laughs> right? But he basically spent you know half an hour and loaded up. Oh, he's like, oh, I got it. I'll give you the one that's on mine right now. So he wiped your iPod and wiped dumped his onto yours yes. and sent you home with it. Right. Yeah. And uh, for most people, that would be the end of it because they tried to make it so that you couldn't copy music off an iPod. But right. I could use Linux, and you know, yes, you can. Um, Even without Linux, there was um, there was plenty of apps and software that you could get. There to was use. iPod something. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I used to use to kind of manage it. Yeah, but I'll have you know that of the albums that I listened to from that, I, I bought them uh, eventually. And because this is one, I had, I was like, all right, I'm just going to put this stuff on. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was shuffled by album or something like that. And I was sitting on the bus and I was like, all right, I'm ready for an experience. Mm. And then, oh man, 
humming comes on with the with the symphony warming up in the background, and I'm like, oh my god! And that song starts, and right. I'm like, because I love theremin, I love spooky synthesizers, yes. I love mood music, I love the John Barry vibe uh, of soundtrack music. And then she starts to sing, and then the fucking beat drops in. Yes. And I was like, Ugh! yes, the decks and the drums. Because the decks and the drums are so dope, and yeah. so. These guys just have such a beautiful mix of all these different styles colliding and smearing together all at once, and it all works. They rock on they do. this album, yeah, and they do things that are cinematic. There's a and headbanging tune. Yeah. There's literally a headbanger of a bow, tune. Yeah, bow, bow. Bam, bam. it's yep. so good. Yep. And um, that that was the the moment where I was immediately sucked in, and and this has become a favorite album ever since. Like and when I when we decided we were going to do live, this was the First one Number that one. came to mind. That's great. Beth Gibbons is, uh, I mean, obviously an incredible asset, and and it's just sometimes I marvel at how the right voice finds its way to the right group. Oh, it's she's perfect. Yeah, there, for this there group. could not be anyone more well suited. Nor do I imagine could she find such a comfortable place to be herself within. I mean, obviously, who knows? Uh, alternate timelines. Maybe I'm saying that about something else. But they just seem so perfectly matched in uh, this impossible way. Like, impossible. Like, how did you know How'd you find each to other? keep looking until yeah. the three of you found each other like that? <laughs> like, how? And then I to mean, have it come together so quickly. And then create wild. their first album, Dummy, is such a perfect... Well, it's not perfect, actually. It's there. It's it's definitely a young album, but yeah. their sound is perfect. Yes, and they, they are completely fully formed. Yes. on that first album in such a beautiful way. Uh, and I love Dummy, and I've listened to it ever since. However, Dummy, I feel like I'm sorry pales in comparison to this album, right? Because Dummy sounds sort of flat. It's of its time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they they helped promote an entire subgenre of trip hop, which I realize like there are so many bands <laughs> in there that I love. Um, and they were like, yeah, just contemporaries with Massive Attack and Tricky and yes. DJ Shadow and like all this awesome music yeah. that I love. Yeah, so all, all the stuff, if any of you listen to This American Life, pretty much all the backing music yeah. from like the first, I don't know, 400 episodes. All this kind of stuff. It's all this kind of grand it's like stuff. Dax, it's like so hip hop good. kind of vibes, yeah. but with other stuff mishmash on top of it and more yeah. sort of songwriting y than yeah. rap like. Yeah. Um, and then with other instruments layered in there. And so. It's amazing and, uh, I don't know, yeah, really significant for that reason. But, like, I feel like the live setting brings this band to life in a way that just doesn't come across the same on Dummy or Portishead, uh, their second album. Well, how could it? How could it? Um, this is, the like, the ultimate. If you want to, like, take one thing on yeah. of this band, this is... This is it. It's a portrait of a band. It's a complete portrait. This <sighs> is not a prolific band, right? Three albums plus this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, again, I have to say, I, I'm surprised at how well it comes off. This symphony that's there. I, I really, I mentioned before that I felt like it was an untethered album, uh, which I think is just sort of speaking to the cinematic stuff that you're talking about and the experience that you're talking about. Sure. And and I love absolutely love how untethered it is. Um, I I felt compelled to watch a little tiny bit of the video from this evening um, just to better understand what was happening because I was going to talk about it. And I feel like 
as I was listening, I was realizing like, are those drums? Is that a drum sample? Yeah. What's being scratched here? What? Wh- <laughs> yes. Like, what is real, and what is not? And and so that's a question that runs through their music. It is. Period. Yes. However, once you put it into a live setting, it becomes even more confusing. And it's this lovely little sidetrack to, you know, when you're listening to something again and again in order to get ready for something like this, it's a, it's a fun place to go into. And I didn't want to see what the evening looked like oh. because I wanted it to remain just this oh, interesting. Yeah. foggy space of just like ethereal music that was sort of given unto me, you know. Um, but uh, but it was it was pretty intriguing to watch how things were set up there. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and the I entire lo- show is available on YouTube. It is pretty it, much because yeah. they they put it out as a DVD, and I right. I didn't realize that was out there on YouTube until researching this, and I was like, oh my god, it's <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, so you didn't you hadn't seen it? before? I had not seen oh, wow. the video before. Well, what did you think about seeing it? I loved every yeah. second of it. I loved all the interstitials in between that were part of the original DVD production. I didn't. I watch loved that. every musical performance. Here's what's interesting. Okay. They say on the Wikipedia page, and again, say what you will about Wikipedia. I love them. Um, and a lot of their stuff is very well peer-reviewed. Um, they say that the New York Philharmonic is not actually credited on the album. No, no, no. They say the New York Philharmonic is credited on the album, but the musicians are not part are of not the New York. not part of it. Yeah. Right. Something yeah. like that. That's right. So there's, there's a disjoint between how the album is credited and the performers on the DVD, seemingly. There's and also a disjoint between some of the performances. They say this is one night. That's what I read as well. But I've also read that there are different performances on the DVD. Correct. As from the album. Yes. And so I didn't watch enough of the DVD to, to note any differences, but you did. Sour Times oh, wow. is very one obvious example. On the YouTube, it yeah. is much closer to, it is basically the studio version. Huh. Um, whereas on the album, and we'll get to it, is a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other bits like that that are maybe some of it is just like the mix is different on the DVD, so mm-hmm. other things stand out. But I'm pretty sure there's other different performances. So it makes me think, like, how much how much can we rely on this live album being an actual document of a single evening? Or is it really more about capturing a vibe and essence of liveness? Well, we don't get a lot of audience uh, interaction. We don't get a lot of sound from the audience in this particular, as compared, especially with our last couple of albums. Right. Uh, in this season, we don't often hear this audience, except for the applause at the end. In between. Yeah. And it's funny because I was playing this at rehearsal one night, um, you know, with my my band, and as we were preparing for this season, and <laughs> at one point, Dave's like, "This isn't the. We're not still. We're, we're playing something on shuffle, right?" I'm like, no, this is still the live album. It's the same way. He's like, "No, it's not." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for the applause, and there it is. Yeah, and that is such to their credit for how incredibly well they create things that were probably really fussed over in the original yeah. albums. Yes, and yes. Spent many weeks like no refining question. exactly the sounds and the tones and the placement and the beats and everything like that, and they do this flawlessly. And so when you say that it's what was the, the word you use? I'm sorry. Untethered. Untethered. Yeah. What they have to do in order to pull this off oh, yes. is the exact opposite of untethered. No question. They they have uh, samples. They have rhythms. Everyone, like the, there's a conductor. 
and a drummer. And usually, like, the drummer is the conductor of the rock band, and the conductor is the conductor of the symphony. And the, the, the whole concept of timekeeping between, like, orchestral music and rock music is very different. Yep. But the two of them clearly have a click track in their head because that has to time with the samples and the and the beats right. that are being done on the turntables. The You know, the guy on the decks has to be right on the click so that everyone lines up together. Um, one, one of the things I think is wonderful and really enjoyable to watch in the DVDs, how much people have to wait for their turn to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of... they, Despite the... I say despite because the orchestra is one of the wonderful, beautiful things about this record, but despite the orchestra, mm-hmm. it never feels cluttered. Oh, no. Their music always feels spacious and huge yeah. without being overwrought right. because there's an orchestra present. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this album is because there is a long lineage of live albums where, where it's like the rock band with an orchestra. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like Metallica did yeah, a big sure. one. Yeah. Uh, Yngwie Malmsteen. I mean, everybody's done... There's, there's been lots and lots of bands. Deep Purple did a big one uh-huh. where it's like the rock band with supplemented by the symphony orchestra. Right. Um, you know, Drive Shaft did it in the last, last season. Um <laughs> Uh, and it always they always sound like that. Like the the orchestra comes in, they're like do 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 do. Like they yeah. have like here it is, yeah. there they are. Yeah. And but then I could the never rock tell. band comes in and then does their normal thing. Right. And then here they come again. Right. But this is so different than that. This yes. is so do, so well woven. Yes. And you're right. I I, I don't know. Not that I've heard. Uh, there's a lot of people in the world who've heard more live decks than I have, but. I don't know that I've ever heard better live decks as far as staying on the so rhythm. Good. Every cut just seems studio sharp. Yeah. And uh and yeah, I, I couldn't I could often not tell. Like I would go to the video every once in a while just to be like, who's playing what here? Like right. what is actually being sampled and what's being played? It it was amazing. It is amazing. And they they despite the fact that these albums are very much like studio albums, fussed over albums, they do play out they tour yeah and they were touring at the time and they toured at other times since then they they haven't made a lot of albums but they've performed a lot yeah which is interesting and so they know how to put this stuff across in a live setting one thing i covet you mentioned trip hop and the sort of genre that they defined um i don't know we have two uh streaming radio stations that you and i (laughs) rely on a lot for for you know wild and different music moods and they're they're very different moods, I find. Luxuriamusic.com, big shout out to you guys. Been listening to you since the 1900s. Yeah, I love them. Oh, really? Have you? Wow. That yep. long. Awesome. Yep, since I was in Chicago. Wow. Um, and um, Radio Paradise. Yes. Huge shout out to Radio Paradise. They um, play a lot of Portishead. They do. But wh- I have often wished for a streaming station, a commercial-free, listener-supported streaming station that only manages to play... The good Massive Attack songs, the oh. good uh, Portishead songs, you know, all these right. DJ Shadow, whatever else, like Morjiba, Hoover Phonic, exactly. Zero, yes. se- uh, zero seven, zero yeah. seven. Oh my God, there's such good zero seven songs. We yeah. have a great um, Pomplamoose cover of that zero seven. Oh song. yeah, Woo. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and I just I can't find it. I there's Apple stations, there's all these different streaming stations. I can't find that one, and I I would think that a streaming station <laughs> would be the ideal place <laughs> yeah. for a collection like that, for a, for a station like that. I just I can't find it. So if any of you out there are thinking of starting a streaming station, come on, man. I mean, guaranteed, Let's work this out. Yeah, Spotify playlists, I'm sure. I Probably. Know, I know there's a, there's a, I use Google Music 
Uh, and they have a couple, one called Neon Lounge Seduction. Yeah, and they a have others that are like Apple that. Music, but it, they're just not as good. They play, they'll play something out of the mood within those stations. Their their algorithms do not weed out something it's that true. is uh, tonally inconsistent with how amazingly sort of loose and delicate these songs are. You're right. Alternate or. Either that or they're too they're curated by a person and they're too short. There's only twenty songs and they repeat over and over. So you can't right. rely on them as a like right. ongoing no, streaming. No, I want an eight-hour thing that never s- does anything twice. <laughs> yeah, I want a lot. Right, I'm very demanding. I, I believe it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Someday I'll get it. Um, have you been to the Rosalind Ballroom? Have you seen a show there? I've not. Yeah, I've seen I'm a couple. To say. It's 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 a very good sounding room. Is it? Well, it certainly seems that way. Yeah, it's it, R.I.P. It's not there anymore. Pour one out. Oh. Uh, they closed sometime in the aughts. Is it torn down, or is there a shop? I don't know. It's probably become some condo Where was it? Building. Uh, Roughly. Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember. Well, that's all right. I that mean, it's like uh, southern half. <laughs> Lower <laughs> half. See, that's all we need. Lower half. Again, like, this album def- yeah. d- defies definitions. Yeah. Right? This music defies defining. It's either in the East Village or Tribeca area or somewhere down there. Or near near Greenwich Village, I don't think. Okay. But again, it definitely has that vibe and it's that kind of place and you look at the DVD and like, you know, it, you can totally put yourself. Oh, it looks like a dance hall. I mean, yeah, it, it is. Know, yeah. It's a big dance hall. Yeah. But it's it's like really reverberant and you can hear all of that. And that's one of the things I love about this. And one of the reasons I feel like this is the consummate example of Portishead because it, it's got so much energy, but it's, they can be so subtle and quiet also and it the atmosphere of the room and the energy of the band and the audience matches the atmosphere and energy of the music and the style Hmm. in the perfect way i'm just looking up here that it's in the theater district oh okay oh so it's midtown it's it's behind the ed sullivan theater really yeah okay i must Um, be thinking of i don't know it's been a long time and the original Roseland was torn down in 56 and then moved to West 52nd Street. Wow, they were in Midtown. Yeah. I forgot. It's being developed into a 62-story mixed-use tower. Well, yeah. all right. There you go. What are you okay. going to do? Okay. <laughs> well done. Sorry I asked. <laughs> God damn it. damn it. There are others still good music. Somebody's going to live there and have no idea. Yes. Somebody's going to live in the space. Who did you see at the Roseland Ballroom? Uh, Wilson Pickett. Oh, wow. I'm gonna wait to the midnight out. Very different kind of show. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. That's great. It was it was a jam. Yeah. And it felt like a big dance hall, you know? Yeah. He kind of acted like it was like just a big dance party. It was great. Now I have dance hall days stuck in my <laughs> head, of course. And that's so. And phase. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I was going to make another generalized comment, but, you know, we could just start rolling through the tracks here. Well, when... Uh, I have a question. All right. So because, you know, this this is not a, an album I turn to as often as you. Oh. Um, what parts of life would you pair this album? What, what parts of life make you turn to this album? When do you want this album? Great question. Um, I feel like this is the kind of thing that I can listen to just on its own. Mm-hmm. And just be like, I'm I'm sort of done for the evening, and I just want to relax and have an experience. And I'll put this on. I feel like, and you will in that situation uh, just 
check the album. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you sit there with your hands folded. Yeah. But you will. Usually lying down. Yeah. Yeah, right. just put it on and just be like, take me away. All right. Take me there. Excellent. But I, I also feel like it's one, it's a, it's not a, <laughs> I have listened to it running, but it's not a great running album. I would I think, think it's really good when you have uh, something to do where you, you want to have your brain occupied, yeah. but you've got some other thing that needs to get done. It's usually work related, you know, like when this is a great album to write code to. Yeah. Uh, where you like you you want to feel like you're on an adventure. I used to love to write code to the um, Siri, uh, the XM um, Cinemagic, yes, you know, like yes. movie oh, soundtrack what a great channel. Station. So yeah. like, <laughs> I got it. I'm hacking into the Matrix. Type 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 type. Like there's something about that oh, that great. that that shares a kinship with this album that makes me feel like <laughs> my life feels a little more amplified. Right. I feel like I'm in a movie. Yes. Something mundane that I have to do is now more exciting, and I am taken away and captivated by that, and and so like life is less dull. That's very interesting because, as you may recall, I tried to use this album in that way. <laughs> but do you remember the text I sent you out of the blue uh, <laughs> yes. a week and a half ago? This is a uh, this is great music, but it's not great music for vacuuming. Vacuuming. <laughs> This is not clean my, the house music. My first run through yeah. for this was while I was vacuuming the house, and uh, it did not accompany that activity well at all. That's funny because I feel like it would. This album has so much energy, even though it's down tempo. Like yeah, it, it, I, it me just so much. It, it again, it's you know, and I do think these songs, and uh, I, I'm not saying these songs are easy in any way, but structurally, like thinking about sour times. Yeah. As a song structure goes, it's very simple. It's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, quick bridge, verse, chorus, done. Mm -hmm. So not complicated. And yet they're very deceptively simple because they, they seem like they're just going on forever. And sometimes vacuuming <laughs> can feel that way. Oh, I see. So there was a sense of like, I don't know how much more work I have to do. I don't know how long this album's been on. I don't know how many songs I've heard. Like... I don't know, I don't where, know where I'm at, <laughs> but I'm not done with either of these two things. <laughs> it's just the predominant feeling was not done. and uh, But I've had lovely, lovely experiences with it since then. That's funny. I just, yeah. It was a, it was a I strange... I think you want something with a little more hustle to it. Just something that, that let me know where I was at a little <laughs> bit more. And yeah, had maybe a little <laughs> bit more pep to get me through <laughs> that slog of a chore. But. I love That's music it that is. makes me go like I don't know where I'm at. I, yeah, make take. Oh, me I love somewhere. it too. Yeah. I, I do, just not in that specific. <laughs> in that context, yeah. you know, also it makes it you know that album will make you think there's something stuck on the hose. You know, <laughs> Shit, yeah. Is there something wrong with the belt? Is there? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes like um, you know I take the hose and like kind of extend from the vacuum and. Sometimes I do that too far, the vacuum falls. Yeah. But there's like heavy drums happening, so I don't notice. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. That you don't expect. Yep, yeah, yeah. There. But again, great for bus ride, great for airplanes. Totally. This is great music for airports, like yeah. as you're like sort of checking in and kind yeah. of waiting in line. There's the, the to me, this has that kind of mute mood of, of I am gonna. It, it's down tempo, so I s settle into it. But at the same time, I feel like I'm engaged. I'm like yeah. in in the mix. I'm active yeah. in life and. Yeah. And I, th I think it should be noted. I don't think we need to dwell on it. But I think it should be noted that it accompanies intimate times with a partner quite well. Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, notorious. It, it accentuates music. those times in a very positive way, in my opinion. 
Not much more needs to be said. Not much. I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you for touching on that. I think it needs to be established and touched on. Maybe not touched on. Maybe that's not the best (laughs) phrase. Touching me. Touching you. I think it needs to be sort of mentioned. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. You are not the first person (laughs) who has said that. (laughs) I think this is a notorious kind of fuck band. Right. (laughs) And good for them. Yeah. It, that's that's my dream as a musician. Yeah. May you please one day have sex to my music. Is um, that what the Rockmores is a <laughs> reference to? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It, it is great for that. Yeah. It's great for car rides. Yeah. When you want something. Enjoyed that's it like, at work. Yeah. Enjoyed it in the background at work. Yeah. It's like anytime you want to be taken on an experience, and especially great headphone record on the yep. tee when you have a long tee ride, and you're just like, make me feel like I'm somewhere not here. And it certainly holds up to background listening or primary kind of focus. Yeah, but How like you say, it's 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 deceptive. Yeah. In what it does. Yep. Uh, and I love that it's spooky. It's haunted. Very you know, like very nice October. Yes. New England Perfect. chilly evening. Uh, as long as you got something warm, either right. a, a layer or a partner or a bottle of wine, <laughs> right? Ideally, well, not anyway. Maybe all three. Maybe all three, depending <laughs> on where you are. In which case, a campfire and God bless. Um, <laughs> Should we go into this track to track? I love the theremin sound that starts this record. I love the way that it has that just a moment of the orchestra tuning up and getting ready. There's such a sense of anticipation in hearing the orchestra tuning up. It gives me such a roller coaster going up the incline feeling Mm -hmm. that like get ready like shit's about to go down it reminds me of a a lot of other pieces of music sure um but every time i hear it i'm like (gasps) yeah (gasps) sorry you no 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 (laughs) i'm just that's all i'm saying there's a there's a familiarity and i sort of associate i've never heard uh a situation where that has not been a positive influence yes on uh whatever comes next it's certainly Sets the it raises the bar very quickly as to what's going to go on on this record. And then in start of, instead of starting Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, yeah. you get yeah. something that you didn't hear right. until then, and right. then it's all of a sudden, get ready, this is not what you think it is. Yeah, this is... Uh, and I did have in my notes, this is our first Thurman uh, of, of record time. <laughs> I was very excited about that. Um, and it, and it, it was a little bit of an adventure to spell Thurman, but nice. I figured it out eventually. Um did you ever go to the Bazaar Bazaar, by the way? No. Do you know about the Bazaar Bazaar? I don't think I do. It's a holiday time, uh, local, um, like, Sowa market type situation where, you know, vendors bring their crazy soaps and bags and what have yous and trinkets. Okay. And uh, they sell, they, they gather at the Arlington Castle. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, at the uh, the armory there yep. on Arlington Street. Yep. And... Um, or is that Berkeley? No, it's Arlington. And uh, there's this tiny. You, are you familiar with that space? I am. Inside, there's it's cavernous and tall, and there's this tiny little balcony. And often they have a, a theremin player just, just up there perched on this balcony above the bazaar, bazaar, and all these crazy things. And it's just packed. It's just absolute madness. And there's like snacks over in that corner or whatever, and you can't find your friends. And it's just crazy but all the while up on this one little tiny little Juliet balcony there's just a 
costumed theremin player. I want my, that job. It's pretty good. I yeah. want that to be me. Pretty great. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So I, I always think of that when when a theremin <laughs> pops up and whatever I'm listening to. The and then the orchestra li- gets right in line with it. That those little stabs, those. Yeah. You started out this sort of a tuning up mess, and then that tone comes in, and they just kind of line up right there, mm-hmm. and immediately becomes a little bit of that spy movie. Oh, it's so good. Vibe. Yeah, it really is. And then, yeah, Beth Gibbons, you talked about her before. I feel like we, we need to get back to her a few times because what she really does as a singer is quite remarkable. She has a tremendous amount of control for someone who's barely singing about a, above a whisper. Yeah. And she has the kind of voice where you can feel like you can get away with it uh, on a studio album, and you can imagine maybe, well, I don't know, you know, her tracks could have been chopped together and pieced together out of little bits. Yep. But she really never hits a wrong note. On this whole record, she she tiptoes near them, yeah. but never, never, never really goes astray. Her vocal performance is so really impressive. Good, yeah. From minute one, yeah. Um, uh, she she knows how to do that sort of Billie Holiday croon. Yep. She knows how to do something that's like sort of Vera Lynn. I love that she in within a song and she has different tones to her voice she sings from different areas of her head mm-hmm. for different songs to kind of fit the mood she's more nasal or she's more open or more wispy or more gritty she does a lot of different things with her voice and it was a real revelation to um see her sing as opposed to just hear her sing yes because you you see some of the tools that she has it's true the resonant spaces in her and the way her head is shaped i mean i i listen to things really closely and and her singing made more sense when I saw her face. I I, I can't really explain it. Much that makes beyond sense. That. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And she, it's also nice to see that she sings properly. She like she's not hunched. She's very open. Right. Um. You know she, and you can tell it in her voice. There's a tremendous amount of control. Yeah. In the way she sings, and she has a lot of waveriness and. Right. She sounds. But very, it's intentional. It's very. Intentional. It's used, and and I really I didn't think that she'd be. I, I thought this would be my typical. Kind of, um, you know, um, live music, I don't know, expectation, which is that the music, the instruments are better, and the vocals are typically worse. Uh, Right. That's just what I've kind of come to expect in general from live music over the years. Beth Gibbons is really remarkable. I don't know anything about her. I don't know her training. I don't know what she did before Portishead. Um. I don't but know what she's doing right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> should should we call her? Uh, um, you have her number? Uh, <laughs> that would be so crazy. That would be very strange Beth, coincidence. if you're listening, call 937-PETE-TIM. Tell us what you're doing. What We're you worried. To? Yeah, you are you all right? You never called and said you got home. <laughs> and there's a lot of dark lyrics in there. <laughs> yeah. We just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> I hope Glory Box came true. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. um, but uh, she... Has really incredible deep chops. Yep. And I feel like it's really important to call that out because it's easy to allow her to get lost in the deep instrumentation and just become one of the things that you're hearing as part of this whole package. But she fronts this band. Right. Uh, and it wouldn't, she's the, like, the soul yeah. of it. And she is, can be very powerful and very vulnerable mm-hmm. sometimes in the same second. Right. Uh, and pulls it all off. And, this is a lot to front. <laughs> Boy, howdy. I mean, I I really, 
I hadn't had this thought until now, but I'm really interested thinking about the other guys uh, in the band. I'm thinking, I know they do a lot of production. I don't know what other music they may have done outside of Portishead, but I, I think they're both I don't producers. Know. And I'd be very interested, it occurs to me right now, to hear some of the music they're producing. Yeah. Because I, I, I it just seems like Portishead hit the ground fully formed, more or less, knocked out these three albums, did this amazing live thing, and, and then just has sort of, you know, plied their trade on those little pieces they produced. And, and, and it's, it seems almost impossible. Yeah. To have such a, like a perfect, encapsulating, defining catalog. Yeah. And then that's it. Just standing alone. So, but Humming is one of my favorite Portishead songs, so I love that they open with it. And it's one of the ones that I feel like really works beautifully well with the orchestra, because it's it's so rhythmic, it's got a great chord progression, um, it's got a great build to it. I love the low strings doing the that bass line along. Boom, 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 I have boom. the bass line as a oh, note as well. It's feels great. great. And yeah. again, as I said before, when that beat drops in, it's just... Uh, yep. to die for. Yeah. One thing you were saying about how Portishead isn't, you don't know what's real, part of what I feel like contributes to that is that, like, for instance, in this song, uh, that is a sample. Um, of the bass line? Of the, not the bass line, sorry, okay. the drums. Okay, yep. But they play around with it towards the end of the song. You can hear there's, like, extra beats in there and stuff, and I was watching the video trying to understand how they triggered it. Hmm. Um, but they do use familiar samples, but they also, interestingly, create a lot of their own samples. So they oh. they play the grooves that they want to then use as loops, like those loop artists who yeah. just pedal it right in front of you. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So it's kind of funny to think that well, why wouldn't you just play that in person? But right. it's kind of the aesthetic to have that uh, sort of like uh, looped kind of sound. Yeah, and I mean, in some t in some cases, it's super useful. Like I can't remember exactly which track, but I'm pretty sure there's one, at least one, where. I think it's the drums, they sort of scratch out of the drums. Like the drums are carrying the song forward, but then all of a sudden they start to scratch off of it. Yes. And, and it comes right in and out of it. And, you know, that's an effect, obviously, that, you know, if you can't find the drum that you want, you could just lay it down and then you'd have that ability. That's right. Yeah. And then you cool. put it on a vinyl and right. then you can scratch off of it. Or you don't even need, there's digital. Decks, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't even need the vinyl press, although. Right, so why have to pay all those rights and everything and get the credits? Right, <laughs> when you Do can just yourself. build it yourself. Right, Beastie that Boys went that way eventually. That's right, they sure did. Yeah, and you listen to Dummy and you listen to Portishead and you can hear the record crackle. You know, yeah. you can hear the yeah, vinyl yeah, yeah. sounds. You hear the tape degradation. I mean, Dummy is like, like stupid with tape degradation, uh, right. artificially to kind of give it a um, threadbare, homey feel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, An attic feel. Yes. Yep. I love that they've replaced that in this live album with the massive sound of the hall. And in the end, as much as I love the crackle and I love the tape hiss and I love the uh, tube saturation that they use on their albums, right. I just love the m bigness so much. Because you also get all the rest of it. Right. But you get it. I mean, I don't miss the... Cr I, I, I almost insert it myself just because it's such a signature part of what as it does, yeah. you know, not just on this track. So I almost insert it there anyway. Yeah. You know. But yeah, and then Humming gives sends you right into Cowboys. And this is where there's a really obvious sample that clang, clang guitar yeah. is what's on the vinyl. 
and he's scratching against that. Right. Uh, and it goes along with other live guitars that are clanging around, you know, sometimes playing the same chord, which um, is pretty pretty cool and clever. This I have written as, uh, it's a headbanger's dirge. I mean, it's this <laughs> dirty, slow, like, and, and I feel like these two, these first two are sort of, and not to skip past Cowboys too quickly, but I feel like these first two are these, like, strong jabs that set you up for one of the sort of twin towers oh, yeah. of the record. Yes. Um, you know, they're. I'm not saying they're not good. They're very good songs, but, um, you know, All Mine and Glory Box stand... Good Lord. Like, uh, you know, the Empire State Building and, and the Freedom Tower. The, yeah. These massive uh, peaks. Titans. Uh, among many other wonderful, wonderful, you know, Chrysler buildings and <laughs> Sicko buildings and whatever else, but... But as as the first song and maybe a couple songs as the as the introductory statement of like here's what you're gonna get here's yeah. who we are yeah they're a great counterpoint no question and you don't expect cowboys to come in the way that it does right and then it's like cacophonous yeah and and makes you think that oh okay this isn't just some weird ethereal stuff no it's got some base to it. it's got some some foundation to it yeah yeah yep um, and I and I. I this is another place where you you hear the orchestra in there. They're they're not that upfront, right? Uh, but they play a really important part in kind of there it is. The bump, 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 bump. I love that. <laughs> I know. I wanted to hear all mine. I wanted. Oh. It's just. Oh. I mean, it's just such a killer. That groove just like defined late '90s to me. It's like post Tarantino, post I I don't know like it. It's all of this classic music that is then being regurgitated through all these different formats in that time, you know? But what is that stab from? We know that, that stab. Donna? That that's yeah. James Bond. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's the ba na ba na Yeah. Is it really? ba na ba 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 na ba na ba No. But to me, it's the clearest one. I actually didn't recognize the other one quite so much as that one. Right. Um... But and that goes back to when I first was hearing it on the radio. I was mm. just like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. How awesome. And then just like the really deep groove. But regurgitated, I don't think is, and I, I, you, I think just grabbed that word. I don't think it's quite right. It's all that classic kind of 60s steez of music, and it's being sort of, Elevated, but evolved. Yes. It's being employed to, you know, like a good cover, give some credibility or give some sort of milieu to what is currently being, you know, to the edge that's currently being cut by this band. Just because you love it. Yeah. And that's what you want to stick in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean regurgitated in a negative sense. Of course. I feel like of course. It's, everything's put through the rotisserie, through the processor. It's, it, it's the constant flow of music. And one of the things that we are able to now cop is not just chord progressions and melodies and singing styles, but the actual recordings from our predecessors. Right. And be like, this record's dope. I want to use it. Yeah. Uh, like, like, this is like Pogo. They're sort of doing what Pogo does. Yeah, right. Right. Pogo's the next evolution of that. Right, exactly. He's he's fully just only relying on that stuff and creating whatever else he needs out of still more of the stuff from the thing. Right. But um And think about it in terms of Tripod Quest too, you know? Yes. And just every the whole vast expanse of hip hop. Absolutely. And De La. Yeah. All of that really just like mishmash yep. of different elements coming Third to base collide together. 
Just think about everything that's happening in Portishead. You've got, yeah, the decks. Yep. Samples, drums. Guitar. Guitars, synths, crazy. Yep. And, and like, strings. Yep. And then, over the top, you call her, like, Wayfish. But she's not, because she's got serious fucking, you know, like, intensity. She can go wherever she, she needs to go. wherever she needs to go. Yep. And you think about her in terms of cowboys and how gritty and noisy that song is. Mm-hmm. She's the perfect counterpoint to that. Yep. Because you don't want another. You don't want a man's voice over that song. Nope. A, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to compete with the rest of the instruments. And B, it's not as interesting. Um, she gives it so much more. Morphine comes to mind as a. I mean, it's not quite similar music, but it's similarly of another place. Um. And there's just not a lot of bands that sound like Morphine, where I, I don't think there's a ton of bands that sound like Portishead, although there's a few. Yeah. We've, we've named a lot of them. <laughs> um, but Morphine, my God, yeah, they sort of stand alone. Yeah, a little, little bit more unique, and, and they pull it off with Sandman's voice, but... but oh, and his bass playing, and the, anyway, there's a lot there. The way that she can sort of soar above everything, it kind of unifies everything that's happening below her. Ties the room together. Especially in the chorus. Especially in the chorus of All Mine. For which is me, yeah. And she's got some nice blues chops in there. She's got some little runs that she does. Yes. And none of them are over the top. She never overdoes it. No, nope, they're always appropriate. Yeah, but they are soulful. Yeah. Yeah, she is soulful. I have written here, um, uh, her vocals are so surreal yet organic. Very yeah. difficult to latch on to an ethereal personage. But it's powerful. Yep. But also that... It's really hard to sing with power and also like volume restraint, like you know, this like control oh how much air is coming out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> we were, difficult. We were uh, working on that in the cover version. That's <laughs> right. There's one, in fact, um, I, I mentioned I, I had a note on Rhodes, which is the last uh, second to last song. Yeah, that I couldn't believe they saved that for second to last. I love that. I'm glad they did. Yes, I think it works perfect. amazingly yeah. where it is. I wouldn't want to move it. But if I was her, I'd, I'd be like, guys, can I try and get to that a little earlier yeah. in the set? When I'm going to be you blown know? out. Yeah. I know. Uh, she's done so much work prior to that song, and that's such a delicate song. It's another Judy Garland moment. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Um, I know. I love All Mine. Uh, it's Yeah, it has got that cinematic, but just like dope, hip-hop kind of groove just like deep groove to it uh it's like all yeah i'll listen to all mine anytime anywhere yeah that's a great one for for mixes and then i don't know how to pronounce this one mysterons uh, i would say mysterons yeah yeah or mysterons uh more theremin here which i was very happy and about. this is what opens dummy this is this was their first introduction to the world was that's this right one. yeah and i love the guitar that sort of holds the center of the song throughout this entire thing even through the chorus and everything slightly different there's a lot of really nice guitar in this yeah and that's what you forget from this this music is that a lot of i mean it's not what jumps to mind it's not what jumps to mind but it's really strong it is yeah and he's a great soloist he's got some killer solos yeah on this album um and there's a lot of great playing on their original albums you they they come across as because of all of the studio trickery of being something that's mostly sample based or whatever but like it's they're playing this stuff. They're a band. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I, I never 
cared before. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't think about it. Yeah. I just thought, oh, yeah, and that's that good Portishead song. I don't know what's a sample. I don't know what's real. I don't, I don't care. It's just sort of great and there yeah, for me whenever I want it. Yep. But, yeah, studying up on it, it's, it, it's pretty impressive what they do. And again, the level of restraint that they have, but intensity at the same time, it makes me think of uh, what we talked about with Getz Gilberto. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yes. In that it's they're the just the right notes. Yep. Space, restraint, yep. tastefulness. Do what you need to do to create the right uplift at the exact moment, and then nothing more. Yeah. It would be great to find out a lot more about what these three, you know, the, the musical journey that these three people went on before forming this. Yeah. Because it feels so done. Yeah. For Dummy. <laughs> from, from it really one, does. From note one. Yeah. All done in so mono, complete. too. Dummy is interesting because it's an interesting statement also, I think, to its sort of deliberate lo-fi nature is it's not stereo. It's mono. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it sounds a little flatter for that reason. Again, this is one of the reasons why I love the live album because it's all opened up. Like, yeah. To, to be Beth Gibbons standing in the middle of that room surrounded Gotta by be that. Amazing. She's at the the center, the vertex of the circle. Like, God. I couldn't even really tell where the audience was in the clips that Kinda I Kind of all around. Yeah. Just edges of the room. I couldn't quite room. tell if they were in the round itself, but just like a wide horseshoe around the edges. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not a lot of people. A good amount, but not a lot. What do you think for the attendance? I would say three to five hundred. Wow. Certainly smaller than the Frames show. <laughs> well, but but it's sort of what I thought the frame show was. Yeah, right. Uh, the capacity of the Roseland Ballroom was thirty two hundred. Wow. Um, but it's mostly banned. Maybe it's just in the shadows. One of the things that's lovely about the DVD is it really just focuses on them and the music and the being in the center of this. They're just the spotlights on them and whatever else is there. They're and that's atemporal. Thirty two hundred has got to be just people dancing. So this is different because this is not. So there's probably a bandstand, right? Like a like a proscenium and a and a bandstand. And it really looks like floor. they're in the middle of a room. But yes, there is a proscenium. Right. So typically, th yeah. to fit thirty two hundred people in there, they must have had the band up on the bandstand, on the stage. Oh right. And then the the room was just full of people on their feet dancing. Yes. yes. So you can fit thirty two hundred that way. But if you have a, a philharmonic orchestra, and um, the the band's set up. And some space for them to perform in, yeah, uh, in the middle of the floor, which it certainly clearly seems to be in the DVD, yeah. Um, then that's going to limit that attendance. Obviously. It feels like five hundred or something like that. And if they're in chairs, it's going to limit it even more. That's right. Uh, I don't know if they were or weren't. They but were. So yeah, so it it could have been down that low, even though the capacity is so so big, I guess. But yes. Oh, and then only you. Ugh. Well, this was going to be our cover. This was your first pick for our cover. Because I just love it. Yeah. And I've always wanted to cover it. I mean, it's just so... I love Bluesy that chord progression. smoky. Yes. You know, I played the chords over the intro. Um, it is like... I have uh, one of those... Okay, if you could be at, at any gig, what would you, what would you do? I want to be the keyboard player mm. in this band. Wow. Playing that dope-ass solo. Yeah. With the ra everybody all around me. Yeah. And like owning that moment. Ugh. I love the song. I love how groovy it is. I love how much, how, how wonderfully it swings. This is the other Bond sample, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've ripped off this keyboard solo. Anyone wants to uh, on YouTube look for Blue Tree, the song Ships. Ah. I play a solo on that that's <laughs> d 
definitely inspired by the solo. I will check that out. That's fun. <laughs> it's not bad. It's yeah. Um, it's it doesn't hold a candle to this, and the groove is different. And that, but this is just one of the all timer just bangers kind of grooves for me. Uh, I thought it was particularly amazing work on the decks uh, in this particular rip, song. Rip, rip, yeah. rip, rip, rip. I know, really right in time. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that dude is saying? Right, that. Uh, but it, like all of it is. That. Yeah. yeah. All of it's right on. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it sounds a lot like Dummy, too. Like, it sounds a lot like the same part. Um, obviously, very carefully composed and selected. I have a note here. Uh, solos aren't very common on the record, but this one is really welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a lot of good solos. Am I wrong about that? There's not a ton There's of them. There's not a ton of them. Uh, it's true. Yeah, okay. But this is one of the songs it's where the musicians... It's <laughs> <laughs> This is one of the ones where the musicians really get to stretch out. And yeah. there's another one with a really killer... Well, it's this tune. There's a dope guitar solo, too. Which one? Uh, Only You. Oh, yeah. There's a great solo in Only You. Killer guitar solo yeah. with the wah. And then the, and then the Rhodes at the end. Yeah, they let them just jam a little bit more. Uh, half day closing is a little bit of a filler track for me. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's sort of a B side. It's perfectly fine. I, it's sort of proggy. I I would have thought about um covering this one because I think I could cover anything on this <sighs> really honestly. But this one I think is a little bit interesting and different. It has a different motion to it than some of their other songs. The chords go in sort of different weird angular directions. Again, it feels very prog. It feels like a Led Zeppelin song or something. I, but well, the, different than a Led Zeppelin song though. I, I don't feel like it has a it's one of the very few, maybe the only song on the album without a really good lyrical or musical hook. There's just there's no like thing to hang your hat on that's like, oh yeah, that's that one. I mean, I, I, to me, the chorus does a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it this is right one of the transitional songs. Exactly, exactly. Which and every it, concert has. Yeah. And needs. And it's yeah. I, I don't know. I like it. I, oh, I, oh, I like as, it as sort I of don't a compositional like nerd. It. The, the way it kind of moves around and everything. It, yeah, it feels... I love the calliope music at the end. Yes. I think that's great. I know. Keeps you off balance in this really nice way and kind of, you know, re, <laughs> re-ups the sort of other otherworldly nature otherworldly of everything. Yeah. Now, that's, to me, that, that's intermission music, right? Uh, could be. That was how I interpreted it was. Set break. Could be. And so that's the house music coming in. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I thought it was like a Beck kind of... Oh, right. Just you a know, sample at the yeah, end. Yeah, just a little play. like departure at the end to kind of be like... <laughs> in the way that Beck <laughs> yes. so often does. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of saw, saw it as a set break. But uh, either way, it yeah, the, I love the, it's the circus music. So it makes you think that, like, yeah, this is where... This is not real life. This is exaggerated. So let me just look if that's is that halfway through the album? It's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's 6 out of 11. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. It would be a good place for that. Yeah. Yeah, that you could be right. And then over cuz then I feel like over in the way that we had talked about like when you have a set break that you got to come crashing back in in the second set. I wouldn't care if over was 40 minutes long. I would <laughs> listen to it. Could go on forever for yeah. all I care. Fantastic. And just comes right back in beautifully. Yep. Yep. Brings you exactly back into the moment. So if you've been out smoking a butt. <laughs> yeah, you could well be right. You yeah. could well be right that that's an interview. I never even gave it a thought. Another great performance. Another way that she's using her voice in interesting different ways. So much restraint, you know? Yeah. And they did just build it so so well. Is and that this a is sample? That no, that's live acoustic. Wow. And then it builds to the boom. And this is where... 
the orchestra starts to really come forward. How mm -hmm. I was saying that this yeah. is not one of those uh, albums that uses an orchestra in a bombastic way. Right. I would say in this, this is another reason why I feel like this is separated into two sets because this is where I feel like the orchestra starts to kind of sort of... They've gotten loose. They get the eyebrows on it a little yeah. bit more. You know, like yep. they're... Dum, bum, bum, bum. There's like these big signature moments like motifs that, that are very all the orchestral instruments together coming forward in this uh there are some in later songs yeah uh so i feel like this is as these beginning to set too like we're we're turning up the dials yeah no question and they're not done yet because uh next is the other towering triumph of a song <sighs> glory box give me a reason to love you yeah Just another one, one i mean this is a uh this has got to be one of the top songs of the 90s. It is. Right? Got to be. And that beautiful sample from Mike Turner. That album, that Hot Buttered Soul album, got sampled so much, especially during this time. Wait, which, sa which sample it's is that? Listen to it. It's like oh, Ike's, yeah. Ike's rap two from Hot Buttered Soul. Yeah, totally. Just listen to that album tomorrow. All right. Uh, it's fun. And you'll be like, oh, that. Oh, that. Hot oh, that. Buttered Soul? Hot I gotta, Buttered I Soul. I gotta write that down. It's just Ike, uh, yeah, Ike, Ike Willis's bald head on the cover. Right. Um, Text and that, it to me. I will. I'm not gonna write it down I will. Right now. I'll Text tweet it to the, to Tw the Oh, please, time yeah, that'd be great. Tweetster. That's um, right. And it's, it's, it's a familiar sample now, but it just fits perfectly, probably the first time it was ever used. Just awesome. Um, and that and guitar that comes in underneath it and supports it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how it sort of decays tonally, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. And just gives such a, yeah, an incredible counterpoint to that really nice smooth synth line to give it that energy that I feel like Beth Gibbons manages to materialize in her voice, that same subtlety and yes. raw emotion at the same time. It's a really perfect, uh, I mean, if as a band you can produce one thing like that, you have... Yeah, gotten your piece of the song and you have carried it forward. And that is uh, the one. I yeah. feel like that's like the Portishead Desert Island yeah. song. Just yeah. like check this out, and it's like her a perfect expression of her and her personality. I mean, I don't. I've never met her obviously, right. except when right. I who chat knows? with her on the phone. And um, <laughs> yeah, who knows? But she like, should be calling I'd any minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh shit! I'm not charged. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's, the vocal, it's a really um, nice expression. The vocal, well, it, so it's a really nice expression yeah. uh, from a singing perspective. The vocals are impressive, but also the sentiment That's is such a... That's what I was a, meant to say. Yeah, yeah, the sentiment is such a unique and, and amazing thing to hang your hat on to write a song around. Yeah. Um, it, it's just fantastic. Again, it gets to that sort of vulnerable side of things, although, you know, she's uh, a little too ethereal to be connected to on a personal level. I don't... I don't know that I, um, I mean, I, <laughs> you mentioned before, I hope Glory Box happened for you. <laughs> yes, I hope that too. Yeah. But I don't feel, you know, like like some songs give you a connection. for Like so much of what we talked about with Judy, we, right. we felt this person bringing yeah, I her lived experience it. to it. And we, we felt like we were introduced to her circumstances through her vocals. Yes. And I don't quite get that. I think Beth is after a different type of artistic expression here. That's which fair. is a more universal... Um, more every woman, uh, every man type Got it. type feeling, but but it's this little corner of life that doesn't get a light shown on it very often that yeah. they found and they 
and they just like, blew it up, and it's it's just fantastic. A magnifying a universal thing. Yes. Oh, like oh, God, yes. right. Yeah. So it's not just rather like, than a personal experience. Yeah. Let me tell you my story. Right. It's like relate to me on this universal thing. Um, and she has the right emotions for it, and the song carries her through. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be shocked to hear her sing this song and then be like, oh, you're married with three kids? Like, oh, I wouldn't be like, no way! Be like, oh, that, that's great. Oh, yeah, that's you, wonderful. Right, yeah, because she's just yeah. a, an accomplished singer. Hey, you got your reason. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> right. And uh, shout out to the awesome cover of this by John Martin, and sorry for brain farting that previously. Is uh, that what... So that, that is what happened? That is what happened. Okay. Um, and it, <laughs> there, he yeah had this covers album in the late... 90s and and he covers this tune. It's the bomb. So another thing I'll have to post post yeah. to the tweetster. Yeah, we'll throw that great. up. Great. Um, and that's one of the fun things that that I love that I ended up trying to do a little bit with the cover <laughs> when we get to it is like to kind of take this stuff and then kind of reimagine it in purely just acoustic performance instruments without and, loops. And, and, and stuff. we're there. We're at Sour Times. Yeah, which was our cover. Yes. Oh, we are. Wow. Yeah. Nicely done. Wow. <laughs> Very smooth. But Sour Times, not as performed on the studio album, not as performed on the DVD slash YouTube. Right. But done in this other... In a record time kind of way. Record time kind of way. Reimagined. Back porch kind of way. <laughs> like almost a blues. Yeah. And it is, like we talked about before. You know, this is uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Yeah. Uh, fade to solo. Uh, this is a very traditional song from a group that is doing very cutting edge uh artistic musical work at yeah. the time. Yeah. Um and it and it's masked. It doesn't feel that way, but when you sit down to sing it, you're like, "Oh." You know, I mean, when we first listened through, I was like, "How am I ever going to sing this?" Yeah. There's no way. She is operating in a different space than I live in. You know, she's she's operating with different physics than I uh am am bound by. But then you take a look at it and you kind of strip it all away and you're just like, oh, this is just a song. Yes. Um, and that that's brilliant. The very different cover version kind of helps you appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Because some songs do feel like this could only be done by this person. Right. It's well, like that, that's what's so fun about this. One of the many things that's so fun about this process yes. is sitting down and trying to figure out how to cover Jimi Hendrix and then... Oh, it's a joy. Judy Garland and then yeah. Beth Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And it really helps you appreciate the vast expanse of music and how genre is really just uh, a, a, a handle, you know, like a way to kind of understand the references and the influences. Uh, but it's all just music. And yeah. you can you can put your eye on it and you can put your lens on it, however, whoever you are, yeah. and, and get something out of it. So that's my way of justifying <laughs> Some of the things that we're going to do in future episodes, and I'm well, I tell you, kind of scared of. You know, I think what's great <laughs> about it—not to toot our own horn—but I do think it's appropriate that before we criticize these albums, we walk a track in their shoes. I feel like I—I I believe in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's it—it's it, important. Um, so there, there you go, doing our best. But in terms of sour times, yeah. So, what is your thought in terms of uh, like the studio version versus the live version? Um. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I I just don't. You don't know. So you you know the original, right? I mean, I do, but I focused on this record for yeah. this. I didn't go back to the studio as much. Okay. That's um, fine. I just figured it'd be one of the ones like this one and Glory Box. Like these are the two that you would know. I should have. 
Yeah. Um, I I didn't take the time to do it. You'll hear it and you'll be like, oh god, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is is. It's well, you've mentioned uh, as we've been discussing it, and and I I certainly trust you on it. Um, yeah, I just I didn't go to him. No, it's fine. Um, and I but I love what they did with it. Um, and I'm just curious to know how this came about versus the one that we see in the DVD, right? Because uh, it is very different. Uh, but uh, I really love it, and it gives it a whole new kind of perspective. And I feel like it's it's the right energy for that point in the show. Yeah. Whereas where I felt like if they had kind of replicated the original, it would just be a little bit of a feeling of like churning out the hits. We're right. playing what you know and right, what, right. what feels like the Free thing bird. that you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, but in this case, they're like, the energy's different. We're going to do something different with this. And it starts with that dope surf guitar that like... Yeah, this uh, one feels like a kindred song to... It's like a more refined cowboy's. Yeah, there's a real similar oh, sort yeah. of, uh, you know, tide. I see what you mean to it. Yes, um, absolutely. And she just really like goes for the full dirge. Just yeah, tragic, uh, tragic love. <laughs> and I really think just stepping back from it a little bit from the live performance or the studio performance, the nobody loves me. It's true. Into nobody loves me. It's true. Not like you do is, I think, brilliant songwriting. I agree. It really shifts what she has established from this, like, sad, sort of woe-is-me, general lament to the heavens to all of a sudden a very personal... I mean, it's such a shift. Yes. It, it becomes, instead of just wailing on a beach to, you know, a one-on-one -on -one conversation... Like, oh. Yeah, like, all of a sudden we are brought into, like, a bedroom into a fight it makes you not know how to feel exactly yes because you really want to feel for her dirginess yeah and then and it takes this total total 180 into being something really intimate and it would be that way if it was just lyrics written on a page as a poem but musically it's even better yeah. because of the the resolve that that lands when that that little bit not like you do mm -hmm. hits it's really impressive uh to me Yes, and I love that it's like a turn. It's a twist. Yeah, you think you you think you understand it, and then oh, you don't. Yeah, because it's so slow. She takes her time with nobody loves me. It's true. Yeah, it's just and uh, then repeats that. Yeah, not like you do. Wait, 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 oh wait, what? my god! <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. This is happening to you. <laughs> Like, it, <laughs> I know like, it's hard to know. Is like, is it sexy and intimate, or is it like a twist of the knife? You know, it feels like a twist yeah, to me. Yeah. I mean, it feels like. I mean, it feels like somebody who wants somebody back. Yes. After having decided that it couldn't work, or I don't know, I don't, I don't know what. And then she, they lift it. This is. It's got to be a twist of the knife because of how angry she gets at the end. And uh, how much they just like rage out that energy. Yes. It's just such a freak show at the end. And this is one of the things that I love about this album versus their studio material is mm. that if you listen to their albums, they're, and I know, again, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not as much because you've been yeah, focusing yeah. on this. But anyway, she lets it all out on the live album, whereas she's much more restrained and controlled uh -huh. in the studio. Okay. And I feel like that's just the product of the live environment. No question. And be fronting a band, yeah. a rock band that wants to like kind of like, come on, let's let let's gallop, let's go. There's you know? all this music happening underneath you. You want to rise to it. Oh, you and want they rise to, to her, and they meet her, and they yep. have this awesome jam at the end yep. of that song. 
Um, what I I wish I do wish there was a little bit more sense of where they were taking the crowd on this journey. Um, mm. And maybe it's just because we happen to have had a bunch of albums in our last few that really do feature or or don't restrict anyway the the audience reaction. We just don't get that much of it here aside from we the don't. sort of typical clap at the end of each song, but. Um, I wish I had a little bit more of a sense of where they were taking this crowd because I bet they, I bet they loved every every moment. Well, think about it. It's like it's it's a different kind of audience than the ones that we've experienced this before. Like sure. Jimmy's a s- festival crowds, everyone's standing and wasted and and like you know I've been there all day. Yeah. Judy, everyone, it's a personal show and they're there to see her. Yeah. The Frames is like a packed club who uh, people We're, have been living and dying with this band for years and they're all standing yep you know whereas this is like sitting respectfully in the roseland ballroom crisscross I, applesauce yeah. on the floor of the <laughs> roseland yeah and this is you know again yeah. a new york crowd that's yep. used to you know i imagine yeah that okay let's go see this art show yeah um and like very respectfully <laughs> sitting through and being absolutely silent during the songs until it's time to applaud at the end david brenner Talked about New Yorkers <laughs> and how un- like unimpressed they are oh, with things. Okay. He had a joke. He said, I'm pretty sure this was David Brenner. He said, uh, New Yorkers, I've seen New Yorkers manhole covers explode. Explode from the street. <laughs> Typical New Yorker will look at that and go, heads. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, maybe it's a little bit more of a mellow crowd, but yeah, but uh, it's still lots of energy. All right, last two onto Rhodes. Rhodes, I- I've mentioned it before. How can they leave this? How could Beth allow them? And again, I'm very glad they did. I think it's perfect. I love where it is. It works so beautifully. It's a great hangover tune. Um, they're he- the crowd is in this one more than just about any other track. Oh, I love that another clapping along. So good. That's how you know it's right. Though. Right, right. Of course, it's totally right. Yeah. I just going into it. If I'm Beth Gibbons, I just can't imagine agreeing yeah. that it's a good idea to save. How can it be? But again, remember that's in a different place in your head of than course. it is in hers, and I I can't imagine but how it. Yeah. It's at the, you can tell it's at the top of her. She's rate. breaking. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell it's it's not the easiest track for her to get through. She she's fine. But she maybe does fine. Maybe but she wants that fray in there. You know, like maybe she knows point. how to work that. Where that's she's like, point. I'm a little shredded right now, and yeah. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, I'm just as a singer for, for me myself. I just <laughs> am scared, terrified of not being able to do it. Yeah. So, right. You know, that's just. But uh, maybe she's not worried about that. Oh, but I love yeah. how this this goes in there. Like it makes me think of some of the other albums. This is like Fitzcarraldo of this. Yes. You know, like yeah, this no is question. Uh, the Courtney Barnett album has the as a really kind of I can't remember the name of it. You know which one I'm talking about. There's that really long one at the second to last in the Courtney Barnett record. This is the it's not coming to mind right now. But uh, yeah. But but the perfect time for the long kind of yep. contemplative like just and it ends with basically just her yeah right yeah and what some keys behind her yeah yeah um, but she's leading it she's leading this whole song i mean this 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 song is keying off you know as a singer sometimes there's songs that you key off the music and there's sometimes that you uh have to lead it and uh she, she's in charge of this number and you don't expect them to have such a 
intimate crescendo right at such a late stage exactly. in their set exactly yeah that's again that's one of the things where i'm like man what guts to save this for then but you know maybe they just looked at everything and they realized how right it was to be in that spot because it it really works it really is but of course they then counterpoint that with strangers don't right. you think similar to the way they do with humming and cowboys where you have Rhodes being like the really the more intimate side, and then Strangers comes in and is pretty bombastic. It's yes. got crazy orchestral stuff. That's where they're really just like jamming along with the rock band at the same time. Like this is it. We're like blah, leaving yeah. it all out there. And th this may not be her greatest uh, melody, but it's probably her most fun melody. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a perfect counterpoint for Rhodes. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she can just kind of bring it on home. Yeah. After giving it everything she's got during Rhodes. Yeah. This is a great piece. Do you think this is an encore piece? I don't know. I yeah. think it just ends the show. I'm not sure if they did an encore or we just didn't get it on the record. So Maybe. many questions about what really Dude. happened. Mysterion That night. <laughs> we'll never know. And we never need to. No, it's okay. Because the album is fantastic beginning to end. And it's great to just have your own little things to chew on and be yes. like, I don't really know. And you can make your own decisions. This this album will, will melt itself to your opinions and your uh, decisions and, and, and you know your imagination like a good piece of audio should. And it's, yeah, totally. Right. And That's think the difference between watching a movie and listening to a, a story or a record. You, you get to engage your own kind of creativity as you interpret what's happening. For Fill yourself. in the gaps yourself. Yeah. 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 Love it. And depicts a kind of live album about like, is it live? What's live? Who knows what? It's not just a document of you know a Zapruder film of a, of a concert. It's a right. it's a slightly more constructed something, and we're gonna get into some more of those. But we will, yeah. But next time, next time I feel like it's back more towards like the raw document. Yeah, yeah. The next time is gonna be a very fun one. Uh, doing Bob Marley and the Whalers. Awesome. Live. Yes. Uh, lots of Bob Marley live records to choose from. We're going with live. Starts with Trenchtown Rock. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Um, and uh, we we love to mix it up. We love to shift from album to album. So we will it'll continue be fun to, to do our best. And this this will be a good one to kind of keep you warm as the as the days get colder and shorter. You're gonna start to need this kind of you know Bob Marley vibe. So be some of our listeners going on a nice little vacation by the time we release the Bob Marley episode, and I'm sure it'll be a perfect accompaniment to that. Oh, good. I right? hope so. Cold weather up here in New England. Maybe That's people will be heading for warmer climbs. Good. And maybe that'll be a nice addition. Um, in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed uh, Portishead, uh, Roseland, NYC. The best. Um, we are reachable at Record Time Pod on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash record time podcast. The phone number, as always, is 937-PETE-TIM. Huge thanks to uh, our old podcast buddy, Brian uh, Brian Polak, for... Uh, They're uh, part of the vanguard of podcasts in 2005. That's right. When you guys, Way back. Yeah. yeah we, 2005. The three of us yes. teamed up on uh, the Boston Sports Massacre. Jeez. Lost to the annals of history. I know, and old hard drives and there such. There were only about... 3,000 podcasts when we had that. Yeah. And there was no podcasts on iTunes when we started that. Right. Uh, there was um, pod... Oh, what was that? Podcatcher? No. We still had them on iPods. We did. That's Yeah, that's where they we got their name. But what was the website that we listed through? I'm going to remember as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, yeah pod something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, uh, yeah, thank you, Brian. So great to hear from him on our uh, set list record. Uh, we will uh, potentially work some audio from that into next time. Yeah. Because I know Brian's excited for this episode as well. Good. Um, and uh, we thank, thank, you, thank you for listening. Yeah, and here comes our our version, not the studio, not the live. Not the DVD. <laughs> Nowhere near <laughs> any of them. Our version of Sour Times. And let me uh, uh, also give a thanks to special guests on the flute, uh, my friend Jasmine Moran. So, hey, thank you, Jasmine. So enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for Record Time, I'm Tim. I'm Pete. Have a great week. of sinful screams bear the facts assume the die and the vows no need to lie enjoy take a ride take a shot now nobody
Thank you.